Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Hello and welcome to another episode of Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner. I am one of your hosts, Jimmy Gasparro, and um, we're going we're going to continue our theme with people that I was uh, I, uh, or someone that I was able to meet in person at Baltimore Comic Con, but also a returning guest to the podcast. And this time they brought a friend. Um, so we're going to talk about the latest Kickstarter campaign for a comic called Rise. Uh, if you're listening to this right when this episode comes out, you have pretty much the month of November to go check out Rise and what the Kickstarter um, and check out the Kickstarter campaign. But we're going to find out what the comic is all about. So please uh, welcome Trevor Fernandez Lenkowitz and Ryan Best. Trevor, Ryan, welcome to the podcast. That's great Thank to be here. Thank you for having us. And yeah, so Trevor, uh, you came on once and uh, actually wanted to come back. So that's exciting. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you you bribed me with a coin and how could I not? You know, <laughs> there was a really tempting offer there. And as you know, comic book making folk are kind of broke. So I'm an easy bribe. Well, uh, yeah, Byron had those, uh, you know, kind of thank you coins. And um, I thought it was a, a something different, a pretty neat idea. Um, but yeah, I was nice. I was able to give out a couple of them to some folks that I had interviewed on the podcast at uh, at Baltimore. And it was, it was, it was very nice to meet you in person. Um, so yeah, that was very exciting. It's always nice, you know, when comics, you, know, you see folks either online or now that I've I get to see folks virtually that I've been doing the podcast, but it is still exciting to meet people and see them in person and you know, chat about comics. Yeah, absolutely. When people go from being uh, icons on socials or like these faces in little square boxes to entire <laughs> human beings, it's kind of a, a whole new revolution. That's, I, that's the last year or so of actually meeting people uh, has been really, really wild. You know, it's like, oh, my God, you do, in fact, have legs. Yeah. <laughs> um, how was uh, Baltimore for you this year? Oh, man. I, I mean, it, it was great in some ways, not so much in others. Um, you know, I was really fortunate. I got to hang out with a with a host of friends that, um, you know, I talked to pretty regularly and, and most of which I had never met in person. And, you know, Ryan and I obviously got to sit down and hang out and and really sort of chat up uh some things we wanted to do for the series and when we got to announce the series which was great um the actual sort of volume of um con goers was quite low for baltimore this year you know i remember the first day I felt like i was seeing more artists and vendors walking around than i did fans and so that was a little bit of a bummer um but you know uh there were certainly some really great takeaways and meeting you was also a pleasure and getting to, to chat and uh, connect on a, on a personal level. Well, that, that's nice of you to, to lie about that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I want to talk all about Rise. Um, you sent over some preview pages, which look great, and um, a lot of different covers. I want to find out, you know, uh, all about those and, and the involvement, uh, who's involved in those. But um Ryan, I, you know, I uh, haven't had you on the podcast before. I wanted to kind of, you know, talk to you in terms of um, kind of what's your ex experience with uh, comics? Like, how long have you been making them? When did you first get into it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've probably been into comics basically as long as I can remember. I remember growing up, my parents had a subscription to, to Marvel Comics. So 
was like the early 90s. I was getting like Spider-Man, X-Men comics, just like every month sent to the house. And uh, I've always been interested in art. And I think like my earliest memories are just copying like superheroes out of those comics and like trying to draw those. So that was probably like <clears throat> my official start, like in the comic book world. But in right. terms of like professionally, I've been doing it for about 10 years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, what kind of uh, like what made you want to take it from something you were interested in and a fan of and copying comic books from, you know, what you're copying, like the images that you would see from comic books to kind of turn it into, you know, a professional career. Um, I think it just, it started out cause I was a huge fan and I never stopped being a fan. And, uh, I, yeah, I just loved it enough to, to want to pursue it. You know, mm-hmm. I never grew out of it. I never like escaped it. And every, every year I'd find like a new artist to, to motivate me, to inspire me to like, want to be like that and be involved in the industry. So I just never grew up. I never grew out of it. Oh, Hey, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, well, so let's then get into it and talk about, talk about rise, um, which I mean, the tagline tagline seems to be, you know, what's it take for someone to go from man to a super man? Um, Mm-hmm. in terms of and i've i've seen a couple of different things that you've had on uh twitter trevor about this project um i, I feel like a, a you know a common st- story or a theme with this podcast in terms of creators it, you know kind of there's always a, there's a, a a start in superheroes in you know big two comics and um but i i i, I maybe this is just my sense i feel like more and more when I look at what's being out, what's out there in terms of indie comics, um, you know, there are certainly some, some big hits in terms of superheroes. Um, but I, I don't know if that's where the market, you know, is currently or, or where it's going, but every once in a while you see a, a, a superhero project in terms of like a, an indie comic that is just has like a, a great hook, a great premise. And they do come around. Um, Although I, I think because of the, the history in terms of the big two, those superhero projects seem kind of uh, daunting. I mean, at least to me, to like try and like tackle it and come up with you know something new, whether or not it's the story or the the concept or design. So uh, why don't you tell the listeners what is Rise all about and kind of um, what made you want to tackle like this project right now? Yeah. So this is it's it's a pretty ambitious project, and it's one that. I didn't think I would be taking on so early. I've said for the last two and a half years that um, I was not going to do indie capes and that I thought that most of the time it comes off as someone's admission that they'll never get to write Batman or they'll never get to write Superman. So they're doing their own. And I really wanted to avoid that. Um, The problem was, is that there was this story that was sort of just like itching in my gut that I wanted to tell. And the only way that I could figure out how to tell it was through the lens of this idea of the perfect man and how does that translate in comics, right? Like the Superman is the, the iconicity of, of, of our medium, you know, and, and it's moved even beyond that, right? Like it's become this image uh, of an American God. And I find that fascinating. And like, there are sort of constant allegories between masculinity and Godhood throughout Greek mythology and Roman mythology and, and so on and so forth. But 
why haven't we had that conversation in our American mythology? And although we've never quite looked to these figures as um, sources of how to live our lives, like certainly there's there's influence. You know, these are these are icons. And so um, I, I wanted to tell a story about examining the male ego through this idea of a, of a man who, you know, is by all intents and purposes perfect, but very much not so. It's this idea that the, the male ego is so reliant upon performance, you know, is, is reliant upon a man's ability to behave a certain way, to add something to someone else's life, to do a thing. And that can be kind of daunting. And what happens when you put that up on a pedestal? And how fragile does that make men? You know, after generations and generations of being told that your value is in your ability to contribute to other people. And, and you come up with this, this sort of history of men who, who crack under pressure and do these awful things. And it's because we're built on such a fragile platform, such a, such a fragile foundation. And I wanted to sort of explore that in a, in a heightened sense. And in comics, what better way to do that than through a Superman, right? What does that mean? And, um, how does it, how do you sort of reconcile being a good man in general, but like through the lens of somebody who has to be super? Um, and, and also the character's powers are sort of based upon the amount of dopamine in the system. So, you know, this character has to feel good to do good. And unfortunately, life does not really give you that perfect series of circumstances in order to do right by other people. Um, and to do right by the world. And so, yeah, this this just became a, a story that felt like it had to be a superhero comic and not in the way that you would expect. Uh, one of those sort of common taglines for me is that, you know, deconstructing the superhero has been done and it's been done in ways that I could not possibly fathom. Alan Moore exists. Jeff Lemire exists. Uh, and I'm sure there are people who I'm forgetting in this current moment. They can do it and they have done it in ways that I could never but what this story is doing is using the superhero to deconstruct the man, you know? Um, and I think that's kind of what makes this special. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, it was funny. The, um, that second kind of, uh, tagline or log line that he has to feel good in order to do good. And I, that really kind of caught my attention because, you know, when you think of classic, you know, Superman, stories like dc superman and somebody who has the powers that he does and we've certainly seen different writers and artists take superman in terms of when he's at his lowest moments and why does he still do good and um things along those lines but the idea of a character who has to feel a certain way in order either for like his powers to kick in or for wanting to you know to save the day I felt was like kind of fascinating in terms of where you could, you know, take that character. Um, yeah. So I was really intrigued by that idea and that, that concept. Um, so Ryan, uh, when did you come on, on board with this and what kind of like attracted you to like want to work on this with, uh, with Trevor? Yeah, I think the, uh, the start of it was heroes con this year in, uh, in June. <clears throat> Um, I met Trevor last year at Heroes Con, did a, did a commission for him. And then between then and now, uh, we worked on one of uh, his short stories for a series, uh, Minutes to Midnight. And then when we met up again at Heroes Con this year, he, he kind of pitched this idea to me. And I think what attracted me most 
is just that I think with any with any genre, the the best stories are the ones that like t- tell us about ourselves. Tell like we we can re- reflect on. You know, it's sure. not who has the most complicated lore, who has like the coolest suits. It's not anything like that. And so when Trevor pitched it to me, he pitched it to me just. I mean, like how he's talking about it now. And I thought that was a really interesting take to go on. That it's not just going to be some endless superhero story with like different villains and there's not really a point to it like he's trying to say something and he's taking a very like uh clear look and he's got like a message he wants to get across and i think that's what really drew me into the project initially mm-hmm. uh from the you know the some of the the cover art uh some of like the the preview pages i saw um the the character himself kind of has like a what I would call like a, a, a classic look. But what I really liked in the the preview pages that that were sent to me and that I I um I think Trevor you've you've posted them. But the scene in the bar, um, it's it's very uh, I mean it it it's very clean. You know, in terms of like your work, Ryan, like it's very like clean lines. It it's it, very fluid. Um. It, the page, those two pages in particular, has such like a great sense of uh, movement and um, a bit steamy as well, which <laughs> looked great on the page. So I uh, can't wait to see when those pages are, are completed. But those two pages looked so good. There was so much personality packed into those characters. Um, was it kind of difficult to say, all right, we're going to do this and we want someone that folks are going to like recognize as this archetype but i have to put my own spin on it were you like kind of prepared to do that did it take a lot of work did it come easy where were you on kind of the design i mean i think i think getting like the initial design was probably the hardest part cuz i mean there's just so much history of superheroes like how many different ways can you draw a guy in tights with a cape and um <laughs> i think i think part of Part of what made it easier was realizing that that's not what was the important part about it. And so it kind of okay. like let, let go of some of that pressure. Like it's not so much about the costume and the cape and like that image as it is just like telling the story. And so I didn't have, I wasn't approaching it with the idea of like, this is going to be Superman. Like it's got to be like on that level. It's just an entirely different thing, you know? Right. Um, and then I've never drawn a superhero book before. Um, I've drawn a lot of, um, kind of like sci-fi or fantasy stuff where, again, it wasn't so much about like, um, like big things. And so I think I have like a lot of experience drawing like people acting out stuff and like what you were saying, just like putting some emotion and acting into the pages. So I think it's just kind of like, it's a perfect storm of like everything coming together. And I feel like. Uh, both Trevor and I really get to shine on this project. Oh, nice. Um, you know, one of the other things I wanted to say um, in those the preview pages, there's a like a little inset panel where uh, the character is just like you know, all you, is gripping a wall. All you see are, is the hand, um, like kind of coming over, and it, it's it, I, something about it. I I don't think I can quite articulate just the the tension in the hand and the fingers i just i just loved i th- I thought it was so good um oh, just that, a little moment that i thought was just really really well put together thanks i really appreciate that and honestly um it's not the panel that we discussed but uh trevor and i talked especially at baltimore about 
little moments like that, like uh, in the in the steamy page you were talking about, just uh, <laughs> being very like conscientious about touch and like little details like that, because I think it really elevates pages where it's not just something that's like thrown in there, but that there is like a lot of intention behind like those little moments. Oh yeah, and I, I mean, especially. I, I I think I've I've said this before on the on the podcast, but I'm someone that like I, as a kid, like a voracious reader, and I still have to slow down when I read comics because I'm so used to just being a fast reader, and um, any type of paneling where there are those inset panels or there are close ups, which kind of forces me not just to like allow my eye to move in the right direction on the page, but forces me into little details. Um, I, I love because it forces me to like slow down a bit and really appreciate it. Like, um, uh, Andrea Sorrentino does it a lot with mentioning like Jeff Lemire in, um, the, uh, what is the name of the series? It just went right out of my head. G- the Gideon Black Falls. Barn. Gideon Falls. Yeah. Thank you. I have every issue right to my left <laughs> in the name of the comic. But, uh, he, uh, Sorrentino does that a lot in terms of like the, the paneling is just very inventive and like it forces you to like focus in on those little moments. And I just, that, the, the that's, that did that for me. And I really loved that. Uh, um, I thought that was very well done. So I wanted to, to, to highlight that. Um, Thank you. I really appreciate that. And so, Trevor, what do you think? You said this is an ambitious project, and I I agree. It certainly seems like it is. What do you think is the the biggest challenge? Not just when you want to do something like this that's like indie capes, but when you have something particular to say, is it that you want to make sure that what it is you're trying to say is clear? Are you worried about people like in some way misconstruing what you're going for? What do you think is the biggest challenge to you to kind of get this not right, but the way that you want it. I, I mean, a big part of it is what our, our story's relationship is going to be with the genre because the genre is, it's larger than life. It's now larger than the medium that it came from, which is an insane prospect. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to make sure that my first uh, approach into caped books were, was going to be identifiable and, different from anything that we've seen before. You know, we've had the Invincibles and the Irredeemables and uh, the Boys and whatever. And um, I think sometimes when it comes to independent capes, the the notion is to be contrarian, right? Or to be shocking and, and to really take some of the, the tropes of the genre and just kind of do the opposite to make people uh, open their eyebrows or, or a little bit wider. And I didn't really want that to be the approach. Like we, we approach the superhero genre in the story very lovingly. I mean, so much so that actually on the, uh, in this first book, there's a, a fold out triple page spread. I mean, we get to do some of the fucking, excuse my French, cool shit that comes with making a superhero comic. And that was really important. But also in that, in another respect, this book effectively is a drama that is that is masking under the cape of a superhero comic. Uh, it's it's so much more about the type of man that it takes to be a a superhero and sort of the 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 weight that comes with being a good man and what how do you question that at a larger sense and like the, the this idea of like the responsibility of being a good man is already kind of um, kind of heavy and then what happens when you are supposed to be able to lift the the weight of a building on top of that 
you know, what does that do? And so, yeah, it's just kind of, I don't know. I, I wanted to be loving to the superhero genre while also leaving a definitive stamp and doing something different, you know, in a, in, in something that's, that's 80 years old, that's been handled by much better writers, much smarter writers than me. What could I bring to it? Um, and I, I really thought about, you know, this idea that like the, the pandemic, you know, I lost two years in my early twenties and I feel like for anybody, that's a, it's a pretty weird reality to just have to, like a, a large part of your prime clipped out, especially as a man, right? Like there's always this conversation around like your early to mid twenties are your prime as a man. That's the best you're going to get. And I woke up and, and a quarter of my prime was gone. And so I, I think about sort of the ways maybe I was adversely affected by that, right? Like, how does that, how does that affect my ego as a young man? And how can that be extrapolated into this larger than life story? How are we exploring that? And, and that's also where you get some of that focus on touch and the sensuality, right? Because like a large portion of the male ego is about uh, our performance sexually, right? Like what we do in bed is, is a large part about how we think about ourselves and um, how effective we see ourselves as a man. And so certainly that's a, another major component. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like I've, I've kind of gotten roundabout to your question, but the really like what, what we're coming at is trying to approach the superhero genre lovingly, but do it in a very different light at the same time. And that's, that's a hard balance to strike because sometimes innately you want to do something, um, you want to do something that embraces the trope a little bit too much, or sometimes you want to be shocking, but it's, it's just kind of trying to come at it from the right place and um, figure out how we can genuinely leave a mark on a genre that's um, affected the lives of now billions of people. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, I, it's true. I mean, it, 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 something you said about how it kind of has become, bigger than the medium itself um yeah it is kind of you know fascinating and you, you we've heard it before that like superheroes are kind of our own a modern mythology um yeah it is interesting and to try and like tackle and take that on um must be a lot um but i think you well, can do it <laughs> you, you know, like uh, we've got a great team. We've got a fantastic team of people working on this book, and and that makes it uh, so much easier. You know, when yeah. you're you're filtering those ideas through a, a handful of really talented people. So yeah, uh, in addition to the two of you, um, who else do you have working on it? Yeah, so uh, we've got an absolute uh, stud of a colorist in Fabi Marquez. She is a, an, a rising star in the industry right now incredibly talented, incredibly thoughtful. And, um, she was, she was one of the first people I reached out to work on the project. Once I had sort of had Ryan in on it. Um, I knew I wanted somebody who put a lot of personality into the colors because despite this being a, a superhero book and having some elements that are larger than life, the triple page spread, so on and so forth. Um, it's really intimate. This is an incredibly intimate book and I wanted it to have, uh, somehow a compromise between that larger than life mentality and the brightness of the superhero. And, and also like remind you that at the end of the day, this is, this is about a man learning to be the best version of himself mm -hmm. and learning to be strong enough to bear that on a larger stage. Um, and, and so she was like, uh, I was so, so excited 
for, for Fabi to take on the project with us. And then we've got the incredible Matias Sonetti from Argentina on letters. Um, he's just, he's been popping up all over the place. He's worked with a buddy of mine, Tim Fling, for the last couple of years. He is just like one of the sweetest men I have ever met. Yeah, so I got to spend some time with Matias, and he's uh, he's an incredibly passionate guy that that brings um, not only a lot of skill but a lot of care to his craft, and he's he's really determined to develop a visual identity a visual identity for all of his projects through the text and through the the lettering design, and um, he was kind of the the perfect you know team member to round out our our cast of talent on this book. All right, fellow cryptids, now seems like a good time for a break. I'm always looking for a way to display my comics, but unfortunately, I am not very handy or crafty, as it were. Luckily, I have come across Crafty Comics, and they have a way for you to display your comics, even uh, comic books that are already slabbed, if that's your kind of thing. I recently got a flex frame which has customizable backings and interchangeable border colors. I was able to put in a frame a comic book. It's Batman Elmer Fudd, uh, number one, by Tom King and Lee Weeks. It's signed by both. It's one of my uh, favorite signed comics that I got at Baltimore Comic-Con. And I was able to figure it all out. It looks great in the frame. And I can't wait to get it up on the wall. It was super easy. And I have a slew of comic books now, and uh, much to my wife's chagrin, I think I'm going to create a wall of some of my favorite signed comic books. Um, And Crafty Comics was super easy to use, and I like that you can have a different border color along the background to kind of go along with the theme of the cover art. And yeah, it was a, it's great, and uh, I absolutely love it. So check it out. It's Crafty Comics, C-R-A-F-T-I-C-O-M-I-C-S.com. Use the discount code YETI5 and get 5% off your order. And now, back to the Cryptid Creator Corner. So you mentioned it, and I saw it on, uh, I guess, the, the Kickstarter preview page, or maybe it was on Twitter. But uh, So a triple-page spread? So, oh, that that's one thing to just throw out there, Trevor. But Ryan, you got to draw it. What you what you think of that? When Trevor was that Trevor's idea? Was it your idea? I honestly don't remember. I think I think Trevor. I think this is the origin story of it. I think Trevor asked how crazy it would be if we did a two page spread that you had to turn to look vertically. And I think I said, "What if we just make it three and make it even crazier?" Because I remember there's a couple Marvel comics. I had when I was younger that had like the pull out uh, centerfold pages. And I thought that was so cool. Um, so I'm honestly okay. stoked. I can't wait to get to that. So. All right. Well, um, I, <laughs> I, I, I think, uh, I mean, I think I've seen, I haven't seen anything like that in a while. So that was kind of fun to, to read and to think about. And I mean, I think I've seen it before with like a cover, um, mm-hmm. you know, like you, you unfold like the cover and it's like a big, or I mean, I've seen wraparound covers before, but um, so that's kind of fun uh, in terms of like to kind of put that all together. I mean, I think that's kind of, you know, exciting. So, kudos. yeah. And good luck, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially because we get to do it in, in a sort of point of this first issue that plays a huge role in the character's story arc moving forward. You know, it's not just a big fight scene or a big, 
you know, a, a big act of heroism. It is a moment that will define the psychology and the emotionality of this character for the rest of the series, you know, and getting to do that on such a big stage uh, with <laughs> an artist who is generous enough with his time and energy <laughs> to um, to make something like that happen on, on in such a way is, is really, really special. And uh, I'm incredibly excited to have that physical book in hand and uh, probably rip a page on accident because <laughs> sometimes the monkey brain does not let you be delicate with fragile things. <laughs> um, in terms of the collaboration between the two of you, like, did you talk about how you were going to like break the story together or outline it? Or was Trevor, was it more like you're scripting this and here you go, Ryan, like uh, how did that kind of work between the two of you? Well, I uh, I write a pretty full script, but it's always it's always with the disclaimer that these are just me getting thoughts down on the page. You know, nothing is locked into place. Nothing is absolute. Uh, I actually really encourage conversation and really, really try to encourage um, adjustments if the artist has a better idea, because there's a reason I'm not drawing the book. Right. Like I, I might be directing a page in the script, but um, I, I'm not as fluent. In, in the sort of visual language of comics as guys like Ryan are. And luckily, you know, you were alluding to a lot of really great things about his art, including just the vitality to it, you know, the amount of personality, the amount of life. And um, not only that, like his, his, his shot selection is pretty immaculate. And so more often than not, you'll have scenarios where I'll get something down on the page and maybe 80% of what I wrote is there exactly as written. But then there's a 20% where, you know, I've communicated what I want to get across, but maybe my visual direction was not the best way to put that on the page. And Ryan is able to sort of make up for, for those, um, those, I don't want to call them indiscretions, but like, you know, he's, he's able to really, really enhance the story. And we actually, um, you know, that I think that's sort of how we work best. And and I feel like nine out of 10 times between working on Rise together and our, our short story, uh, I always pick his adjustment over what I had originally written in the script because at the end of the day, it's the script is just trying to communicate a feeling, a, an idea, an atmosphere. Um, and, you know, all you can do is hope that the artist is interpreting the core of that and distilling that through the visual storytelling. And that's exactly what Ryan does. So Ryan, do you, um, is, is there any like particular way you, you know, like to work in terms of collaboration? Do you like things being tightly scripted? Do you like having like more freedom when you work? I mean, having worked with a number of different writers over the past decade. Yeah, I think, um, it all just comes down to balance. Cause like I've had people overwrite stuff where it's almost like they're writing a book and forgot that they were doing a comic. And then <laughs> I have to try to fit like everything onto a page. And sometimes like you wind up with like 12 panels on a page trying to like get everything in there or somebody like won't understand that uh, like a panel is just a snapshot. It's the panel is not a sequence. I've had people write in stuff like panel one, so-and-so like walks in, they do this and then they do that. And then they do that. And it's like, Okay, that was like five panels. That wasn't, you know, just one panel's worth of stuff. So I think uh, whenever there's a balance, like what Trevor was saying, where he has, uh, he has like what he wants, and then there's like a little wiggle room for me to to stretch my legs. I think works best. 
Um, part of part of the reason that I love doing like illustration and working for people is I get a lot of joy in like bringing other people's visions to life. Um, I think I always struggled with uh, with like artist block. Left to my own devices, I'm not very productive. But if somebody gives me like a little something to work with, then I can draw all day. And so I think just find, oh, okay. finding finding that balance where like I have enough meat to like chew on, but I could also kind of like go off and do my own thing is is right. probably the best. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Uh, and so, um, it, it, is there like a overarching you know plan for this story, Trevor? Is this something like um, you know the Helix Project uh, where <laughs> you kind of have issues planned out? Um, what are you thinking in terms of? I mean, I know it's still early and the kickstarter hasn't even at the time we're recording this haven't even launched yet but i think you're closing in on like 200 like uh you know signups which is I, for an indie project at least a lot of the ones that i see in back that's pretty great oh thank you man uh so i that's appreciate exciting. that but but in any yeah. Way, yeah the question like what's do you have a kind of a a, a plan yeah i i think um I mean, I knew I knew how the story ended uh, a couple months ago, and and I got on the phone with Ryan and sort of talked out um, the stages of of this larger story, and sort of uh, we've even had conversations about cover designs for the future issues. Then in my brain right now, it's three oversized issues. I think the page counts will fluctuate a little bit, but on average, probably about thirty two pages per issue. I can foresee the third being a little bit longer. But that's that's sort of where this particular story ends in my head. Um, and we know sort of the, the the climax of every issue. So we know what we're working towards for each chapter. Um, so that's it. That's been interesting because I I don't think I've known so much about a story from uh from from this far ahead in a while, it, at least not in such detail. You know, the Helix Project, I had sort of vague ideas of where things were going. And um, uh, those ideas were cemented after I'd written several issues. Uh, but with this one, you know, it is only three issues. And um, I feel like we've got a really interesting direction moving forward. And there are things that round out this story by its end that I, I think nobody will see coming. Uh, it's it's very untraditional in that way, and it doesn't really give you... I mean, I don't think any of the things I've written have given anybody the exact ending that they wanted. You know, it's never been, like, perfect, wrapped in a bow, but it um, will hopefully make people think. You know, that's that's sort of the objective. And um, for me, as a the person who gets to tell these characters' stories... Um, it feels like it gives them the arc that they need to be a better character or in, in, I guess in their own landscape, a better person. Oh, okay. That's, uh, I mean, that's exciting in, in terms <laughs> of, uh, three oversized issues and, and trying to capture all of that. Um, yeah, that sounds pretty great. Um, uh, in terms of the Kickstarter itself, just to talk a- briefly, if we could, about some of the like the re- reward tiers and some of the stuff you're you're offering, I saw a few of the things. Is there an opportunity for to get drawn into this one? I, I think you yeah, offered yeah. that before for one of your campaigns, right? Yeah, Ryan has been very gracious in uh, offering a lot of his talent toward 
putting some really cool rewards in this campaign. Some things like being drawn in that you've seen on my previous ones. Um, and for the first time ever, we'll actually have inked original art from the interior of the book. So those first two pages, um, the, the introduction of the bar scene and, uh, that little bit of steaminess will, will be available as a reward, which I'm, I'm super excited about because there's such little traditional art available for any of my campaigns. And, you know, Ryan and I have constantly been talking about the, sort of this hybrid model of production for the art between a, a little digital, a little traditional and finding sort of the pocket that works best for him and that's going to work best for the overall end project of the story. Um, and, and so by virtue of that, the, the readers will get to have a, a piece of, of, of this project in, in a really intimate way. Um, so yeah, you'll be able to get drawn in. We'll have two pages of original art available for launch. And uh, Ryan's also generously offered to do some commissions, you know, and trust me, this is an artist whose work you're going to want to have on your wall and display proudly. I mean, I did, you know, <laughs> that's the whole reason we're working together is because I saw his stuff and I got myself a, a commission. And so I can 100% uh, die on the hill that this is something that people are going to want. And um, yeah, so that's going to be super, super exciting in terms of cool rewards. And luckily, you know, you really like the, Ryan's so good that you can't tell the difference between like his digital stuff and his traditional stuff in that, like his, his inks, his, is the way he spots line or spots his, his black tones and uh, drops lines. They almost look like perfectly digitally made lines, which is absolutely insane. So that's going to be super exciting to be able to offer on the campaign. Yeah, uh, and I, I I will second that. Having seen the preview pages, and uh, I, I think Ryan's art looks uh, immaculate. So I can't wait to see more of it. I mean, you know the 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 black and white pages look phenomenal. Um, so yeah, anyone who's going to get a commission or get those original pages, uh, you know, go for it. So anyone that collects original comic art or you know has followed Trevor's work before or followed Ryan's work. It's a great opportunity. Um, Ryan, do you do a lot of commissions? What, what's the weirdest thing anyone, if you do, what's the weirdest thing any, any, oh, anyone ever asked you for a commission? Weirdest. <laughs> you know, I haven't gotten too many weird things. I'll, I'll take okay. a weird thing. If somebody comes up with something really weird, I'll, I'll have a blast doing it. <laughs> Uh, I, I feel like the 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 Modoc from Baltimore. I was just about to say the Modoc. So somebody asked for a Modoc drawing, but in the style of like Art Nouveau. So it had okay. to have like flowers and swirls and like all this pretty stuff. But then it was just like a big Modoc head. That that's probably like the weirdest thing I've drawn in a while. <laughs> that's it came out so good. It what was a so good. What a particular aesthetic that person has. <laughs> what an Art Nouveau it's, it's, Modoc. As soon as they asked for it, I was like, "Yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna crush this. This is gonna be great." <laughs> <laughs> I, we should see more of that Com commi commissions of of characters, but in like different non traditional art styles. I love that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, you know, so if anyone else like gets into this project and really likes it, comes out big fan. Um. So both for both of you, you know, Trevor and Ryan, what would you recommend in terms of your like your other work that folks should check out? I mean, um, 
I'm really excited waiting for Trevor's minutes to midnight. And I've talked before when you were on the podcast about the Helix project, but if Trevor, if there's anything else, and then Ryan, like I'm curious in terms of what, what, what comics uh, or your other work would you point people to? Man, um, everything I've done has been so like vastly different from the project before. And uh, that is really daunting when it comes to being a person who needs to sell a product and, and make recommendations. Um, I, you know, it's, it's a cop-out answer, but I'd say check it all out just because I think that there, there is a voice that is behind each of those stories that um, is trying to say something unique and uh, express some pretty complex ideas. But they're all vastly different. You know, I, I went from doing a six-issue sci-fi thriller to a collection of four different genre short stories, you know, whether it was a supernatural detective thriller to a, a coming-of-age story to a, a sort of drama and a historical fantasy. And now I'm doing superheroes, which is a thing I said I wouldn't do. So, um, you know, I, I would definitely recommend checking it all out. Um, fortunately, you know, I've, I've had the, the really great privilege of working with a lot of talented artists. So at bare minimum, I can promise that the artwork will look great. But, um, you know, I think check it all out and, and make your choice depending on, on what your taste is. I think if you want a sample platter, Minutes to Midnight is great because it's going to give you a variety. If you want a larger story that builds and where you get to kind of really watch uh, myself and my team evolve as storytellers, the Helix Project is another great option. But um, at the end of the day, if you're somebody who wants a story that is attempting to um, express some some really human ideas and and work through some problems i think and in in, in in sort of fashions that we all do um i think you could check any of it out really i i hate to be that guy but i think that's the only way i could answer it honestly uh, no that's fine be that guy we, we we that guy's welcome here uh you know that's we're on a podcast to talk about yourself i mean come on that's what... <laughs> how about you ryan Oh man, uh, kind of like Trevor. Like I've just done so many, so many different things. Um, in addition to this book, I'm working on one that's kind of like a. It's a fantasy book where there's like lizard people and monsters and swords and sorcery and all that. So, totally, totally different uh, than what I'm doing with Trevor. It's called uh, Guardians of Erlaw. I've been working on that for a couple years now. Um, so I think we're we're on issue four right now. Um, and they're all pretty oversized issues. Uh, I really like what I've gotten to do with that because it's a lot more like world building. So I'm kind of doing a mix of like designing and doing the book. So I had a lot of fun doing that one. But I, I have a ton of stuff. I'm honestly just drawing a blank now. Like <laughs> everything I've done. <laughs> Um, well, if you think of anything or, uh, have a website or social media presence, I'll put a link in the show notes. So folks know where to go to, uh, to find your other work and, and check it out. And I, I think for anyone who's not familiar with your work, I mean, I think once they see rise, they're going to want to be more familiar with, because like, I, I mean, I love indie comics and sometimes it's a mixed bag, right? Like I've backed a lot of stuff on Kickstarter. So there's some stuff that's great concept but like okay execution and sometimes there's fantastic execution and maybe it's like an okay concept and not to knock anybody's work. I'm impressed by anybody who manages to create anything at all uh, because no matter what it is, it's hard. Um, but I, I will say when I started, when I was looking at the, the stuff for rise, I 
was instantly excited and impressed. And I was like, oh, this is going to be something. This is without a doubt going to be something folks are going to want to check out. So, um, yeah, I'm very excited for, for, for people to see this project. I'm very excited to read it. So I can't wait until the, to the launch and hopefully it's, it's well on its way to making its goal by the time this, uh, episode comes out. Yeah, we, we hope so too, man. It's a special project. We've got a great group of people, um, who are, are kind of the special behind the special, you know, they're the ones that are putting that into action and, um, at the end of the day, it's something that I'm I'm always going to be proud of, not just because I feel, feel like there's a, a story behind it that deserves to be read, but because we have a team of people who um, are putting a, a, a ridiculous amount of skill and talent behind um, their contributions to the book. And I, I think we have assembled the only team that could have possibly done this, truthfully. I mean, Ryan, Fabi, Matias, the, the more I, I look at the way things are going, uh, I couldn't imagine replacing any of those pieces. And I think that speaks to what potential this project has to be and sort of its ability to last as a story that will matter beyond ourselves. And, and as, as a storyteller, um, that is the highest possible level of excitement that I could have about uh, bringing something into the world. So, um, and it's, it's because of the people we have on it and it's, uh, you know, I haven't even seen the book in physical form yet, but I, I, I'm already kind of flowing with gratitude. Awesome. Um, I, yeah, I know I was going to try and keep this to like 45 minutes. Um, so, uh, just before we go, I always like to see if it, it doesn't have to, but if there's anything that you're reading, like in terms of comics that you want an opportunity to, to shout out some other folks' work, um, you know, is there anything in particular you want to point people towards that you're really digging right now? Ryan, Trevor, hmm. we 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 both during New York Comic Con were reading uh, the Nice House on the Lake. I uh, we we got an Airbnb and um, I was reading it partly for research because uh, a publisher was interested in having me write horror, and so I um, the stuff I like in horror I love, but I, I would never have called myself like a consummate horror fan. So I've been buying up a bunch of horror comics, watching horror films, and of course James Tynan is sort of. Um, taking over comics right now, primarily with, with horror books. So I wanted to kind of access some of that material. Um, so I, I've just been, I've been going through that. I think Ryan blasted through that way faster than I did. Um, I've also been reading Harrow County by Colin Bunn and uh, Tyler Crook. Yeah. Um, oh, and I love Harrow County. Yeah. It's, I've only read the first volume so far. The other, uh, the second and third just came in, but I'm really, really enjoying that. And then, I just picked up some some pretty classic uh, horror-inspired manga, some Jinji Ito stuff, Uzumaki, Gyo. And um, uh, off of the recommendation of a retailer in Brooklyn, I picked up the first two volumes of another manga called MPD Psycho. So, um, yeah, plenty of fun stuff to get into. All right. How about you, Ryan? You checking anything out? Yeah, like Trevor said, uh, A Nice House on the Lake. I blasted through like the two collected editions of that, probably like mm-hmm. one night. Um, <clears throat> I really like everything in it from the art to the story. I am a huge horror fan. So it's, that was a really fun read. Um, I'm also a big, uh, Pepe Larraz fan. Uh, he's a, he's a penciler. I mean, interior artist. He's working on, um, big game right now with Mark Millar. So I, I, I've been reading that, uh, like as it comes out. Cool. All right. Yeah. What is the time of year for horror comics? So, 
Um, I've been revisiting some of my some of my favorites recently, like uh, the the plot and uh, Red Fork. I really liked Red Fork that came out from uh, Alex Pacnadel and uh, um, Neil Vendrell, I think, is the artist on that one. Uh, great, fantastic. Well, look, I, I, I thank you both so much for coming on. I think I'm really excited about this project. Um, I, I think it looks great. I think folks are going to be excited about it. I can't wait to see how this triple page spread turns out. So. Um, and hopefully there's, uh, you know, people are jumping on that to get some original comic art because that's, that's just, that's a, a, a wonderful thing to be able to offer, uh, the fans, uh, of a crowdfunding campaign. So, um, yeah, wish you guys the best of luck, uh, the entire team, but, uh, Trevor and Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast tonight. I do. It's yeah, a pleasure to be here. And I, I can't go without giving a shout out to my brother, Bobby. I do it every podcast. He's the comic book. Yeti Crypto Creator Corner's number one most dedicated fan listens to all my episodes. And I don't care if you're tired of me saying it. I'm going to say it every time because it makes my brother happy. Uh, <laughs> uh, Loyalty. But, uh, yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah. So thanks for listening. Be sure to, to click on the show notes and check out Rise on Kickstarter. It's going to be, it starts November 1st. By the time you're listening to this, um, the campaign will be live, and if you're listening to this at any point, uh, pretty much in the month of uh, November, you're going to be able to uh, to check it out. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, I'll see you next time. Good night, everybody. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptic Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.